Welcome to the Untethered Moms podcast. I'm your host, Pierre And I'm Jamila. This is our first episode where we'll be talking about the ideal mother stereotype, what it is, and why it's harmful. We will be tackling things ranging from social norms, being burned out of momming, and mom shaming. Let's get into it. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was the ideal mother stereotype just because I think that it's helpful, at least for me, that was my starting place as kind of um, the first time I feel like I was able to like really understand what I was experiencing and why I was getting frustrated. Because I have like issues, as you know, with the whole idea of being a good mom. It seems like it's pretty easy to be considered a bad mom, but really difficult. Like the standards of being a good mom are kind of like impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. When people, you know, try to depict or try to detail what they consider a good mother, there's always just this one standard Mm -hmm. of what it is. And I think if we're going by just one standard of what a mother is, then we'll, none of us as women will ever live up to that just because like our environment plays a lot in who we are as a person. And I think that when we're dictating this one female stereotype of what the perfect mother is, it doesn't account for our environment right how it like shapes us as people so yeah yeah. and just reality too right because it's like um you know so for me that's what I was saying I had read that book the good mother and is even though it's written from a lens of the authors who are Australian it was still really interesting and it basically kind of was outlining those standards that you were just talking about um and it has to do with how women judge themselves but also how they're judged you know in the external environment so the standards that they had broken down to were white women like this is the norm right that everybody is kind of um being compared to it's white women heterosexual women um economically dependent women and women that only focus on their children and like you said like if that's the standard that we're all being compared to none of no one is really meeting that standard, right? Like that's very difficult. Like, first of all, as to black women, we're out, <laughs> we're out, like right. off, off rip, we're out. out. Yeah, count it out. But if you're not, you know, financially dependent, I mean, these are like really old stereotypes. You know what I mean? Like who, like, I don't wanna say who does that anymore, but who does that anymore? It's too expensive. Like living in California, like, you know, like you both got, everybody has to grind. You know. <laughs> And I, I think, too, like, when I think about, like, the standards that you said, white, heterosexual, economically dependent, and child focus, I think that that's just harmful, too, because I was reading in one of the articles that we read um, that mothering becomes an identity, like, that becomes your sole identity once you have a child. But then I also noticed that just widespread messaging when it comes to, like, women were automatically yeah, no, seen as like intrinsic nurturers. Like that's just who, who you're supposed to be. Right. But that's harmful for men to automatically assume that right. one, every woman is a mother or has that nurturing nature. And then two, for women to then assume the identity. Once I have a child, then my whole identity circulates around being a mother. I'm like, that's just not our reality anymore. No. And also, I mean, I don't think it ever was, you know, if I'm being honest, like I feel like, you know, maybe that was where you were at one point allowed to shine right because women didn't have a lot of agency initially and you know the center of the home that was where we were allowed to have some autonomy 
but you know that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what that person wanted to do you know maybe they just weren't given an option but over the years it's not just men like women women internalize those standards as well and you know judge other women in kind so for me you know as being somebody who doesn't necessarily align with that like I'm not a intuitive nurturer I didn't think about that you know before I became a mom I was like I had major anxiety you know before with Amari I was like man you know am I really quote-unquote mom material you know and that's a fucked up thing to think about yourself you know like am I because I'm not gonna I'm never gonna be that you know Susie homemaker I am not I I still have not made any cupcakes for the classroom. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not. (laughs) And you laughing, but I love making cupcakes. That's my jam. But that's a personal thing because I just think I like, I think I just like cupcakes in general. So (laughs) the class. Like one for you, one for me. (laughs) Two for you, two for me. (laughs) Like that old McDonald's commercial. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. But I don't think my identity would be centered around like being a mother because I think even after my kids are grown, like I think that I still will be trying to find a way to make cupcakes. Like I'm gonna send some cupcakes to Jamila's house. <laughs> I think there's just more that we can do as people than automatically assume that women have to center their entire being around mothering like you can still be who you are you can still be who you are and be a mother and when I speak to like mothers who are in the millennial generation and I ask like how are you succeeding at being a mom you know we all have the same kind of story where we're like oh well we think we're doing a good job but one thing that I like that we are doing which is positive which I want to say that you know for all the other mothers to try is just like try being yourself and bringing your child into your world yeah so like for me, myself personally, like I like to be outside. So I take my kids hiking, and then I like to be in sports. So I don't put them in the sports that I enjoy, but I make sure that they're active because it's something I enjoy. So if they're into it, then it's something that we're doing together. I like what you said about the bringing the kids into your world, not, you know, as, as an imposition, like I'm, I'm forcing them to do what I want to do, but I'm sharing my world with you. I don't have to, my universe doesn't have to become my kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that way, in that way, we both can be fed. So, you know, like you said, okay, so I'm, I like painting as you know, I like creating stuff, you know, not necessarily forcing my kids to do things like that with me. But if I see them drawing, and I'm creating something at the same time, like nurturing that, and that's fulfilling for me. Right. Not and but then also at the same time, I feel like creating boundaries is also important. So for me, there are times where if I'm doing something that I want to do, like you're not invited <laughs> you're not invited because <laughs> I'm like you know if this is how I get my peace including your kids sometimes takes away from that experience for me so there's sometimes where yes I want to share a bit of that with myself with my kids and then there's sometimes where it's like no nah, I'm going to keep some of that I'm going to tuck some of that away you know right so circling back to when you mentioned like these kids are not my entire universe I think that's really important that you say that because one of the meditations that I do the the person who does it Mm -hmm. he he tells us like we do a picturing so he tells us like okay you are the sun and everything that is in your life rotates around you 
Mm-hmm. So like just even picturing like your kids coming into your orbit, but not being, you know, the center kind of helps you create that boundary that you're talking about. I want to say it was you who even told me like, hey, you need to set better boundaries, like start taking time out in your day. And like I started that during COVID because I, I didn't understand boundaries. I don't think I, I had really learned. I wasn't taught about boundaries as a child. Mm-hmm. So like that was one thing that I had to learn as an adult with kids is just like how to create boundaries within yourself, but then create boundaries for your children. So like, Mm -hmm. I think, um, what did you tell me to do? You were like, just go outside for an hour and just take that hour. So you were like, close the door. And I think (laughs) we would sit on the phone and talk and like, Kenyon would be knocking on the door for the hour that I'm outside just breathing. And I'm like, but then he learned like, eventually he was like, okay, mom is going to take this hour between four and five. That's her hour. Mm -hmm. So like, and that's that okay and they're advice, gonna be okay man. yeah, yeah gonna be but okay. I, and I didn't know that and yeah. I just didn't know I'm yeah. just like no <laughs> yeah but that's because I think also right like in terms of the whole good mothering thing I think that it's constantly shoved down our throats like you know your children are your everything and to create a boundary is almost harmful for them right so right. it's and it's like I reject that narrative. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's no way. Cause for me, like my mental health is priority. I can't be a good mom if my shit is not together. And it's also important for them to, to continue to create these steps of independence where it's like, no, like you can have some alone time and play and figure things out without me. Like, I don't necessarily have to be there. Cause um, to be quite frank, you know, my dad morbid as hell was always like, there's going to be a time where I'm not around. Um, right. And you're going to have to be able to to thrive you know without being there for me I think for me honestly I think that's what gave me the, the permission to have those boundaries both of my parents were very much like this is the time that we have for each other this is the time that I have for myself and then this is the time that I'm sharing with you sometimes that is very difficult to model right when you have a whole bunch of people who are telling you that that's not appropriate or even the internal, you're telling yourself, like, I'm feeling guilty about, about that. But as I'm getting older, and I think, you know, since we have the older, we have both older and younger kids, it's kind of like, you know, the kids, the older ones, they're fine. <laughs> right. You know? They don't care. They don't want to kick it with us anyway. They're, they're just okay. kind of like, right. more family time. Yeah. So it's okay. Yes, you know, love me. right it's the opposite so it's just like I don't know I think it's like finding what that balance looks like for you and the other thing for me with the good mothering piece is like and even as we're talking about creating creating these boundaries stuff that you're not allowed to talk about right like stuff that that feels shameful with the boundaries being some of those but then also like sometimes like I don't fuck with my kids you know like I'm like you're low-key getting on my nerves right now or um, I'm frustrated or I'm maxed out and having the space to say that, you know, right. and some moms, you cannot have that conversation openly to say that your kid, you don't like your kids. Okay. Yeah. So growing up, I wasn't allowed to like, um, I want to say like the majority of my childhood, I was raised in a very strict Christian home. Mm. So I wasn't allowed to say a lot of things, mm. not if I was mad, if I was sad. And not only was not, I not allowed to say it, but I also wasn't allowed to express it too. So there was a lot of what I come to know is shrinking mm. where even if you feel a bad emotion, you're not allowed to talk about that emotion or go to your room and cry about it. It was just kind of like, I have to appease the way you're feeling. 
But I think just even allowing my children to have that openness to say like, okay, I notice I, I point out sometimes because I think when my teenager, you know, he's a teenage boy, so I'm not really sure how they touch their emotions because I've never been a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. But I want to say sometimes in conversations when I notice like his demeanor changes, whether it's like I'm watching his body language. So I'm like, okay, I notice your shoulders dropped or you kind of, you know, took a deeper breath. So do you mind telling me what's going on behind that expression? Mm-hmm. I think even that allows him to say, well, actually, I don't think that you're right. And I'm like, now I have to check myself because I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) Excuse me. But then again, I'm like, okay, but you allow, but you have that freedom to where he can say that he don't like what you're saying. And I tell him like, you don't have to like what I say, but you do have to obey what I'm telling you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, I hear you, but at the same time, so I want you to have that freedom there too. So like, I think that's an important boundary just to say like, you know you you could you could be who you are and you don't have to like everything I say and you have the rest of your life to feel how you feel and do the way things you want to do it but yeah so like giving yeah. your giving both giving everybody the freedom to just be your most authentic self right like Man. right now you're getting on my nerves right now maybe I'm getting on your nerves and we both need to have some space and that's where I think those boundaries you know it's really important to kind of like have those so you could check like yourself when you're when you're getting you know, getting maxed out and similar with your kids um, and having that separation is nice. So you can go kind of like decompress for a little bit. So the term maternal ambivalence, I had never heard that before. The psychotherapist, Dr. Rosika Parker was the woman who I had first heard that from. And she was saying that it's an experience shared by all mothers where there's a conflict basically between love and hate. And you have these feelings for your children and they exist kind of side by side and they're not generally acknowledged, right? Because a lot of times it's shameful. And for me, you know, when you're talking about how you were raised, you know, Black people, I saw this whole um, reel on on Instagram where this girl was talking about hate is a strong word, right? Like Black people, <laughs> you're not allowed to say that you hate something. So I feel too, no. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hate is a strong word. So I don't hate hate your kids. I think I do think that's a little bit too much for that's the feeling, extreme. right? That's the yeah. extreme. Right, I'm like, hey, hate, I don't hate my now. kids, right? But there is a time where I'm kind of like, you know, I don't like this, you know, I like the time, there were time when I'm by myself, obviously, was a simpler time you know right it's not to say that this is not a blessing that I don't love them to death you know and beyond that but to have the space to acknowledge that there are these conflicting feelings about loving your kids and that there's no room for you to acknowledge any other feeling outside of that you know for me I I struggle with that there was a deep sense of like I don't know if it was shame but it was like confusion trying to name what was what was happening I think well well, I like growing up in a black household I used to hear like I love y'all but I don't like y'all oh right and it didn't make sense (laughs) it didn't make sense like well how can you love somebody but you don't like them but then I think that's also Mm -hmm. showing now from what from my understanding and my perception of like what's going on in my household is just like sometimes I have to well I have to remind myself that you are your own person and you have your own personality and I don't have mm-hmm. to like your personality <laughs> right. because you are your own person. Right. So it's just like, yes, I love who you are, but I might not jive with everything that you do. And it's just like, I'm not going to sit here and tell my kid, like, I don't like you. I, I tell you, I, I will say though, like, I don't like this behavior and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I think 
just in this time of growth. It's like both of these kids are experiencing this rapid growth because one's a toddler and one's a teenager. So they're both feeling, you know, just trying out different things in terms of like personality wise, just see what fits. I want to say that sometimes I don't, I don't like what's going on. I don't like, you know, your personality at that moment. And it's just like, okay, if you continue down this path where some of your decisions I consider questionable that I don't agree with, then it is going to be what it is. Like, I love you. Right. But that's not a reflection of me either, though. And that's like, that's the other piece, right? Where it's like, again, you know, you're of me, you know, you're of me, but you're not like you and I are not not the same. Right. So our parenting style is very similar. You know, I think that we both try to show our children the options, talk to them about the options, try to gently kind of guide them through life, but ultimately allow them to make their own decisions, but also allowing them to face consequences of their decisions, especially as they get older. So understanding that maybe the decision that they make isn't a decision that we would make, and therefore the consequences are different, but allowing them to feel that burn and not, and separating myself, like that's not, this is not a me thing, you know, this is this person growing and that's okay. And I feel like as a mom, part of that is that protective instinct, right? The other piece is that like nurturing piece that you're supposed to kind of like insulate your children. Like the helicopter Um, mom type deal where the kids don't feel any kind of consequences of their actions. Not even helicoptering, because to me, that kind of like invokes this connotation of this person who is hovering, right? But it's not a hovering. It's like an actually insulating. Like if I myself could be your bubble suit. Mm then I'm like protecting you, but I'm also preventing you from experiencing life, right? And I'm I am right. preventing my myself from never having the time to turn that shit off. Like that's gotta be exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. And I feel like, you know, when we were talking about mothers and stereotypes of like what's considered being a good mom and stuff, like the stress of that leads to you know tangible harm so whether that is in your social circle where you're being judged by other moms right for not conforming to societal norms or whatever or just stereotypes about women who have become mothers in the workplace whether that when we were talking about disparities in terms of pay opportunities to move up in business and uh, leadership positions I mean the whole gambit you know being a mom that shit is really hard you know we don't need the extra pressure when if we're accepting this whole quote-unquote good mom stereotype like the what was the 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 freeing thing for me was that it's all bullshit right like it's all it's all bullshit (laughs) like who thought of this shit like yeah no one subscribes to these stereotypes successfully like no one is happy right wearing this sort of mask where it's like oh this is what it takes to be considered a good mom like that that is that's what I mean by saying it's all bullshit like even if you are a stay-at-home mom and you are financially dependent and you may be white and you may be cisgendered in a heteronormative relationship like are you okay (laughs) with this being your identity yeah like are you okay with that you know and I I don't I don't um I would say I don't think so for me that's a heavy ass that's a lot of weight 
that right. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to carry and I can't carry. So, and I would, I would encourage everybody who, you know, who's listening and who subscribes and all that, like, you, you know, you don't have to carry that. I don't think that that, that this sort of stereotype is good for anybody. I agree. So let's talk about some ways that will be helpful for mothers to help shed the weight of like this impossible burden of the stereotypical good mother Mm -hmm. so for example I would say um one thing for mothers to do is to one understand that your children will have their own personalities it's not always on you to try to dictate who your child should be personality wise yeah or anything wise release that burden absolutely I would say I would extend that to being like their you know, we all want the best for our kids as well. But when it comes to like, again, like using their success or your 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 idea of success, whatever that is, um, mm. as a marker, right, your own self-worth as a parent. Like if my kid is successful in these ways, you know, whatever that mm. is, that means that I am a good parent or a good person or whatever that is for you. Um, releasing yourself from that because I don't I don't think that that does anybody any good that your kids or you I think another thing to try is like we were talking about creating those giving yourself some space whether that means giving yourself an hour of outside time without the kids just so you can catch your breath or you know talking about (laughs) self-care which we're gonna be talking about in the um, next couple of episodes but giving yourself some time to love on yourself yeah that's really important I think extending the boundaries part is one helpful thing that I did to try to explain to my now five-year-old when it came to like personal time for me I think it helped him understand when I started creating personal mm-hmm. time with him and then personal time with his brother, and then we all had family time. So, like, I think, what was he, like, three turning four at the time? So when I started creating, like, blocks of, okay, Mm -hmm. this is just my time, and then this is me and Kane's time, now he's understanding that, oh, we don't have to always, you know, be in each other's faces. You know, I still get the fingers under the door. (laughs) (laughs) or whatever but it's still like hey if this door is closed this is also a boundary this closed door is also a boundary and it's like you know Mm -hmm. kids and I still love you like I still love you that's not it's not it's not personal you know what I mean it's not a rejection of you no it's not and it's not you know and I think that's even something that like we have to say to ourselves I'm not rejecting my kids I'm not you know creating a um like a harmful space between the two of us you know like you said it's just that I'm giving time to replenish myself I'm giving time to nurture myself right now and then I'm going to give you some time to just nurture you alone and I'm going to give you know your brother some time to just nurture him it becomes I think more of a a positive thing rather than thinking of it as a negative thing and I think just being mindful of the ways that we talk to ourselves that kind of brings into the next thing of just being mindful of the ways that we talk to ourselves in general just the kindness giving yourself grace that was something that um 
one of my older cousins was talking to me on this on the motherhood journey just giving myself grace and I feel like I'm working on that on a daily right I think it's really important (laughs) how you talk to yourself too because unknowingly it's how you will communicate with everybody else in the world too so sometimes or I realized about myself too like I want to say like I was hard on my teenager but then I really had to take a step back like is this how you talk to yourself? And it turns out that is how I talk to myself. So it's just like, but then also having a couple in the fact that, hey, he's not you. So mm-hmm. it's just like, he's his own person. So like, just even remembering that, okay, just because it pushes you doesn't mean it's going to push him. So like even changing the way I spoke to myself, because I started noticing that, I don't want to say some of the mistakes, but like, some of the mistakes that a child would make, you know, adults make them too. So like, um, for instance, my toddler, he like spilled milk all over like the counter and all over like the chair. And he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm just like, no, it's fine. And then the next day I had did the same thing. Like I spilled milk too. And I was just like, I told myself it was fine. And it's just like, because I had practice. So it's just like, sometimes how you talk to yourself will reflect how you talk to others and then vice versa too because it's just the practice of how you say things it will start to flow differently too so man you're giving yourself grace as a mother is always necessary because I think we are holding this pressure of like being a good mother versus just being a mother yeah and that's enough being a mother is enough it's a lot enough it's a lot like that's Mm -hmm. already a lot Mm -hmm. so it's like you don't have to take on this extra hat of oh or this pound or 10 pounds of good mothering yeah like don't take on the extra stress bro just be a mom okay right like your kids are going to love you and I know you're growing as like a mother and as a person your kids might not see the growth but it's just like bro don't stress yourself with this what, what a good mother needs to be or what they should be doing or what you see the other moms doing like good for them right good but for you, you boo. <laughs> good for you boo that looks Girl, good on you okay that looks good on you but I am not like right. I'm sorry right yeah Mm-mm. so I think that's good advice you know trying to separate yourself you know your identity versus your child's identity taking time to nourish both giving yourself grace and kindness watching how you talk to yourself Um, and just recognizing that that may extend to how you interact with your kids and your loved ones around you, and then creating healthy boundaries so that you have time to nourish yourself um, so that you can, you know, be that nurturer that you may want to be or however that looks like, you know, if you want to make some extra cupcakes. That's cool too. Right. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, because I think like you said, being a mother, that's, that's a lot you know you don't have this whole expectations of being a good mother you know that shit is for the birds thanks for listening leave us a review on what you found helpful subscribe to our podcast follow us on instagram and check us out at untetheredmoms.com for resource guides and the links to the articles we discussed in this episode